our emotions are extremely powerful, but most people don't know how to harness the power of their emotions. Instead of harnessing the power of their emotions and using them to their advantage, most people end up becoming slaves to their emotions. Research has actually shown that when it comes to succeeding in life, your ability to manage and harness the power of your emotions is even more important than your IQ, your abilities, and your skill sets. So if you want to do great things in this world, make sure to pay special attention to this video as we will be talking about top five ways to manage and control your emotions and harness the power inherent in your emotions. We will be talking about a lot of great books on this topic, so make sure to take plenty of notes. Okay, coming in at number five is name it to tame it. This is a deceptively simple hack for managing your emotions, but it is extremely powerful. Here's what you need to do. Anytime you feel that you're in the middle of challenging emotions, just try to name the emotion you're feeling and give it a number on a scale of one to 10. How intense is this feeling? Let's say you are in a meeting and one of those pesky colleagues of yours says something that really pisses you off. Normally, you would fly off the handle and fire something back. Instead, just take a moment to name the exact emotion you're feeling in that moment. Just do that in your mind. In this case, you would probably say, I'm feeling really angry right now. And the anger level is a seven. So as soon as you do that, you will feel a sense of control over your anger, something you did not have before. Now, why does this simple exercise work? Well, there's a very interesting scientific reason for why it works. When you are in the middle of that anger storm, you're going through what is called an amygdala hijack. The amygdala is the processing center of our emotions. And when that anger fires off, the amygdala gets completely engaged and does not let go of that emotion. However, in that moment, you need to bring control back to your prefrontal cortex, the executive part of your brain. The prefrontal cortex is the CEO of your brain in some ways, and it is responsible for decision-making, information processing, and all the other executive functions of the brain. So the prefrontal cortex is the seat of language, numbers, reasoning, all that stuff. So when you try to name the emotion and give it a number, the amygdala is unable to do that because it does not understand language and numbers. It hands over the control to your prefrontal cortex and suddenly you are back in charge. The CEO of your brain is back in charge and you have effectively tamed that anger, that emotion. Okay, coming in at number four is one of the most powerful techniques that has actually been shown in clinical research studies to cure depression better than most prescription drugs out there. It is called cognitive behavioral therapy and it is all about understanding the thoughts that lead to the challenging emotions and then changing those thoughts. So when you are going through a negative emotion, you have to ask yourself, what is the specific thought that is leading to this emotion? In the book, Feeling Good, Dr. David Burns calls these thoughts ANTS, which stands for Automatic Negative Thoughts. These ANTS are usually a result of distortion in our thinking and there are 10 very well-known cognitive distortions we all suffer from and all of these are explained in great detail in the book Feeling Good by Dr. David Burns. Now cognitive behavioral therapy can be summarized in three simple steps. First, identify the ant, the automatic negative thought. Second, identify the cognitive distortion that led to the ant, the automatic negative thought, and then figure out the rational response to this automatic negative thought. Now, let me give you an example of how this works. A while back, someone left a very hateful review on one of my videos, making fun of my accent. When I saw that review, I was very upset, sad, and disheartened. And when I tried to analyze the, what specific thought was causing me to feel sad and disheartened, I realized that I was telling myself, man, I put so much hard work, effort, and love into these videos, and these people just don't care. This really sucks. However, this thought was indeed a gross distortion. I was engaging in two very common cognitive distortions, disqualifying the positive and magnification 
and minimization. How was I disqualifying the positive? I was disqualifying all the positive comments on that video, nearly 20 other comments on the video, which were all very positive. And how was I magnifying and minimizing? I was magnifying the one negative comment while minimizing the positive 20 comments on the video. Now, the next step in cognitive behavioral therapy is to figure out a rational response to your automatic negative thoughts. So I thought, I wrote to myself, a lot of people love my videos and a few don't. So I should focus on those who love my work. And in that moment, I was liberated from the sadness that had engulfed me. Coming in at number three is changing your physiology. Now, this is something that I first learned from Tony Robbins when I went to his seminar, Unleash the Power Within. Tony explained that one of the most powerful ways to change your emotions is to change your physical state. He also explains this in great detail in his books, Unlimited Power and Awaken the Giant Within. In the seminar, Tony actually made us walk on a 10 feet bed of red hard burning coals, bare feet. Now, how did we do it? Well, one of the most important elements of that is body language. Tony taught us how to manage our body language in face of fear. So when I was standing face to face with that bed of red hot burning coals, I was not standing fearfully in a timid pose. I was standing tall with my head held high, my shoulders back and occupying a lot of space. That had a very intense effect on my emotions. Instead of feeling scared, I was excited for this challenge and I stormed across that bed of red hot burning coals bare feet. Wow. And in the book, Presence, Harvard University professor, Dr. Amy Curdy shares research that actually shows the science behind why this works. So when we take on these power poses, when we stand tall with head held high, shoulders back, chest out, our dominance hormone, testosterone increases and our stress hormone, cortisol decreases, which dramatically changes our emotions. On the other hand, when we take on powerless poses, like holding your head down, sinking your chest in and taking up less space, our dominance hormone, testosterone decreases and our stress hormone cortisol rises and this leads us to feeling more fearful so this is one of the easiest solutions for managing and controlling your emotions anytime you want to change your emotional state just change your body language and you'll see how quickly it works coming in at number two is applying stoicism in any challenging situation just ask yourself right now what is within my control and what is outside my control. Your job is to let go of what is outside your control and focus only on things you can control. This is the essence of stoicism. Now, most people make themselves miserable by focusing and actually obsessing about things that are completely outside of their control. Three of the greatest Stoic philosophers each talk about this idea in their books, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, Discourses by Epictetus, and Letters to Lucilius by Seneca. In Discourses, Epictetus says, When I see an anxious person, I ask myself, what do they want? If the person wasn't wanting something outside their own control, why would they be stricken by anxiety? What he's saying is that we can only be anxious when we're obsessing about something that is outside of our control. But what is the use of obsessing over something that is outside of our control? Does it help in any way? Not really. So on the other hand, if it is within your control, what's there to worry about? All we need to do is take the next step. So let me give you an example of how to actually apply this idea. Let's say you want to talk to a beautiful girl, but you're anxious about what will happen if you go up to talk to her. So the first step in the process is to ask yourself, what exactly am I anxious about? Am I anxious about getting rejected, being made fun of, of everyone noticing me getting rejected, whatever it might be. The next step, the second step is to ask yourself, when I think about the things I'm anxious about, what is outside my control? You will always find that almost everything you're anxious about or nervous about or fearful about is outside your control. In this case, you cannot control the outcome when interacting with another person. You cannot control whether the girl will reject you or make fun of you. 
So what's the use of being anxious about something that you cannot control? This is a very important key to stoicism right here. The next step, the third step is to ask yourself, when I think about the things I'm anxious about, what exactly is within my control? When you're going to talk to a stranger, you can control what you will say, what your mindset will be, what your body language will be like, and things of that nature. You can control your thoughts and your actions, but that's all. You cannot control their responses to you. So all you need to do is focus on what you can control. That's all. The next step, the fourth step is to ask yourself, how can I improve on the things that are within my control? How can I improve what I will say, what my mindset is going to be like, and what my body language is going to be like? That's all. And the fifth and the final step is to take action and improve on the thing that is within your control. That's it. When you do this, you have conquered your fear, your anxiety, your nervousness, and instead empowered yourself by taking action. Coming in at number one is meditation. In its purest form, meditation is nothing more than a very powerful workout for your mind, for your brain. The whole practice of mindfulness meditation is about becoming an objective observer of our experience, no matter how emotionally charged the situation might be. So while most people impulsively react to emotionally charged situations, meditation creates space between our emotions and our responses. For example, when most people get angry, they use words like, I am angry. They fuse their whole existence to the idea of being angry. However, as a result of meditation practice, we go from saying, I am angry to, I can notice myself being angry. Right there is a huge distinction. When you say, I can notice myself feeling angry, you are now the observer of the experience, not just the experiencer itself. So while most people get stuck in challenging emotions because they are just the experiencers of those emotions, you become an observer and an experiencer. As a result of being an observer, you can now choose your response rather than reacting impulsively. In fact, meditation will help you create the space and the awareness in the middle of an emotional storm so that you can actually apply any of the other four techniques we previously talked about in this video. Now, I have personally been meditating for over 20 years now, and I practice what's called Vipassana meditation, the same kind of meditation that New York Times bestselling author of 4-Hour Workweek, Tim Ferriss, practices and talks a lot about. So if you want to learn to meditate, just download my really simple and free 15-minute guided meditation audio and press play and you will be meditating in 30 seconds from now. You can download the guided meditation audio at 2000books.com slash meditate or you can click right here to download the meditation audio.